0: Welcome to the Post-COVID Church Podcast with your host, Stuart Kellogg. Thank you for listening. Hello. And this podcast is a lot different (laughs) than any of the others. And the reason is not because it's simply the 51st and therefore I wanted to do something special, but because it's just going to be me. And it's also the last podcast for a while, probably for a couple of months. It's because I'm going to stop doing podcasts for a couple of months so I can concentrate on my new book that I'm writing, The Post-COVID Church Book. My wife, Beth, suggested that I use all the information I've gathered over the last year and a half. At first, I resisted for some reason, but then I realized, as I often have during our 42-plus years of marriage, that uh, she's right. So thank you, Beth. I have a lot of material to work with. And it fulfills our mission, and our mission is helping the church share more of the good news in the face of persecution, hostility, and disinterest. The project, the post-COVID church, started in the spring of 2020, right when everything was shutting down. I was seeing how different churches reacted. Some leaned right in and were so creative in what they did to fulfill their mission of making disciples, being the hands and feet of Christ in the middle of this. Others, I deemed them turtle churches. They hunkered down, actually stopped doing a lot of things, basically waiting for everything to return back to normal. At first, put together a column looking at what various churches were doing, put some commentary on there, did some interviews with folks. But then I pondered, what am I going to do with this? How is it going to have really an impact? I was working in the yard, thinking about that, and the name Joe Stradinger (laughs) hit my head. And Joe and I hadn't talked in about five years. He runs Edge Theory. He's an entrepreneur in social media. And I said, he can help me. I'm going to reach out. And so texted him. And again, hadn't talked to him in about five years. Texted him. I got an immediate response. He said, let's talk today at five. I love what you're thinking. So I shared with Joe... Uh, what I was doing, and he loved it. He saw the different churches reacting in different ways. He said, we got to get this info out. Uh, You can't just do a newspaper column. What happens then? You've got to do social media. And because of his background, I was all ears. (laughs) So he helped me set up a Facebook group uh, and then a podcast, and it just started this conversation. Uh, got a lot of reaction right from the beginning. People uh, responded not just to what others were doing, uh, but also to commentaries and sharing surveys. It grew, started making videos uh, to give it a different look. Uh, began the YouTube channel where all the videos are right now. You can look at that. And then Uh, With Matt Ayers, he's now president, Wesley Biblical Seminary. I'm an alum there. shared with him what was going on. He said, hey, you really need a website. (laughs) So with his guidance, went in and uh, built a website. A lot of help from Matt, but also I was able to do a lot, which was shocking that I was able to do that. Um, Built that. And then got with Brad McMullen. Brad and I used to work together in television. He's a founder of uh, BFAC an app development company very successful app development company he was excited about what we were doing he said i want to build an app for you i want to donate it to you his brother brooks took care of that and uh that was just terrific so many people have shared so much So thankful to all those who've shared expertise uh, with me. For example, Bob Chandler, he's a retired hospital executive and recruiter. He did a full analysis of the project, helping me better focus the message and content. Uh, Hank Price, one of the most gifted and respected local TV executives in the nation, unashamedly modeled Christ in the workplace and in retirement is helping others through writing and mentoring, he shared with me wisdom on how to strengthen the post-COVID church project. And I've gotten to talk to people from around the country. Uh, Again, 50 podcasts before this one. And talking to these experts, I got to hear ideas uh, and commentary and different thoughts on how to The church should uh, act and react in the face of all that we were going through. And even got some nationally known folks who uh, graciously uh, gave their time and advice to this unknown podcaster. I mean, George Barna, uh, they call him the most quoted man in church for more than a generation. He's done his research. Um, uh, Jim Dennison has hundreds of thousands of followers, his uh, Christian worldview Uh, commentary Uh, john stone street the head of the colson center Uh, greg kokel uh, stand to reason the founder i mean these people willing to say sure i'll come on and talk and um, it really made a difference and it was exciting to be able to to hear from these folks as well as folks who were simply getting things done in their churches. Um, Great idea, often small ideas, um, often from small places. An example is uh, uh, Jonathan J.T. Pocluda from Harris Creek Baptist in Texas. He's one church, but he talked about saying as soon as the shutdown came, as soon as we knew we had to do so much more from the technological end, added digital responsibilities to every staff member. What an idea. But it said, look, we've got to be in this world, so you've all got to do whatever you're doing. You're going to have to tie in technology. Uh, Reverend uh, Rusty he has got a 180-member church, uh, Grace Chapel in South Carolina. Here, this small church uh, knew that even when things started to reopen, that the older members were not going to be comfortable there, but they wanted to have the church experience. Well, he had a member of a church. His church was a retired engineer. He knew where to find the right equipment, and they built a small radio station. didn't go far, only about a, a mile, but folks, the older folks, were able to come in, sit in the parking lot, and listen to the service instead of going in because there was no vaccination yet. Great idea. Brother Devon Adams, Word of Christ Church in Mississippi. Uh, one of the most memorable Quotes of this whole project. Uh, he didn't think uh, many worshiping, drinking lattes and coffee in their PJs would be coming back <laughs> to church. And turns out he was right. But he never shut down, kept serving the community, and in fact is getting more support than ever from outside of Mississippi because they knew his church would distribute uh, to the folks in need. Also in Mississippi, Pine Lake Church, uh, Pastor Chip Henderson multiple campuses throughout the state, 10,000 members. Well, all of those members were called multiple times at the beginning of the shutdown just to see how folks were doing. They started with the elderly and the single moms, but eventually everybody was called multiple times, as I said. In fact, a good friend of mine, Mayo Flint, he's the president of AT&T Mississippi, he was just shocked, he said, here they are calling me just to see how I'm doing. And that contrasted with folks and I know a lot of them in a lot of places they've never been called by their church even in in the middle of all that shutdown and the staff still there they're being paid in fact a lot of churches took federal money and you're wondering no one's coming in Uh, what are they doing why can't they at least call you know so some of the ideas are pretty simple some a little more elaborate but the idea is to share how can we connect in the middle of all this as things reopened Decided to. Pivot to podcasts only. Still use uh, all the other media, but they are to support the podcast. Why is that? Well, one thing, I went and looked at the top 100 Christian podcasts in America, and not one of them was doing what the post-COVID church is doing, looking at how the church can be stronger after the pandemic. And so I said, hey, there's an opportunity. So that's why I went uh, the podcast route. I've gotten a lot of feedback on how to make it better. Obviously read and research, but just listening to folks. One of the things, uh, for example, uh, Dr. Phil Walker, former pastor of mine, uh, he's retired now. And uh, as we shared, and he's helped me a lot during this project, but as we uh, talked about it, he said, the podcasts are great, but hey, if I'm listening to it, while I'm out, and I hear some things that I'd like, I'm not going to listen to it again so I can take notes. I'd love to see a transcription. I hadn't even thought about that. As I researched, in fact, a lot of folks who do podcasts, a lot of the interaction comes through transcripts. So I found a company through artificial intelligence that's able to help me do the transcriptions. So all the podcasts, since we've gone to exclusively podcasts, been transcribed and uh, that makes it again easier for folks to get the information so ideas like that make a difference so now going to put together all the information all the ideas in in the book Uh, a lot is going to be about leadership i have uh, been able to talk to some of the top leadership experts in the country and a lot of course common sense ideas, but some ideas people hadn't thought about. As we reopen, we know there are far fewer attending. Just a couple months into the shutdown, Barna's research showed that uh, a third Christians who normally worship were not coming back, either in person or online. And we're seeing a major cultural shift, certainly, it's going to be more costly to be a Christian, to stand up for basic Christian values. We're already seeing that. So we just think you can put your head in the sand, pretend it's not a problem. You can say, oh my, throw your hands up and say, we'll never get out of this. Or you can be like Dr. Bill Wilson, the director of the Center for Healthy Churches, someone I interviewed several months ago, he said, there's never been a better time to be a church. Now that's the attitude you want to have there are a lot of folks hurting Uh, there are a lot of folks in need even those most ardently standing up and screaming against the faith there's a need can we solve that need can we be winsome can we be engaging can the church regain its position of influence but more importantly can the church make more disciples to make more of a difference in the culture of course the answer is yes And part of the answer is, hey, how can we share ideas? How can we be stronger? So that's uh, what I'm going to try to do with the book. Thank you for listening and commenting, for sharing. I'd love to hear from you now. Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, Stuart, at org. I'll return with more podcasts in September, and God willing, a book in the fall that I pray will help the post-COVID church not just survive, but thrive. I'm Stuart Kellogg. Thank you for listening to the Post-COVID Church Podcast. You can find much more at the Post-COVID Church Group on Facebook or on the website, thepostcovidchurch.com.